Hey gang, this is Eric. Good to be here with you again this morning as we continue our series through 1 Peter. We're at the last chapter today, 1 Peter chapter 5. We're not going to finish the book today, but we're going to get close. We're, we're almost there a few more weeks, I think, after this, and then we're, we're done. Uh, hope you had a good, good week last week, and hope your summer is, is going well. Uh, I was in... Um, I've been running all over the place the last few weeks, and it's good to be sort of back in a stationary place this week. Uh, so, anyhow, we're going to be looking at the leaders of the church today. Um, Peter sort of switches from talking to this persecuted group of Christians that he's been addressing for the most part throughout the whole letter, you know, dealing with their suffering and their challenges and their temptations to now he's going to be talking to the leaders, and he's going to be, as he uses the word in the very beginning, exhorting the leaders. Good morning, Christopher. And good morning, Glenna. And so we're going to read verses 1 through 4, and then we'll, we'll take it apart and try and understand it. He says, So I exhort the elders among you, as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. That's all we're going to read today, just four verses. And we'll take this apart just piece by piece. So first thing, go back to verse one. I notice is that Peter, the Peter, the apostle whom Jesus has put in charge of the early church to lead the charge going forward, refers to himself as not the Peter, not as anything above or um, uh, more special, but he says that he is a fellow elder. In the final analysis, no matter what one's status is as a leader in the church, one should be able to say at all times that he is really no different than any other leader in the church as far as his status goes. Now, he might have more responsibilities. He might, uh, he or she might be given a position, and I, I can't say um, uh, what those responsibilities might be, but, but a person might be given more responsibilities. But nonetheless, in the economy of the kingdom of God, it is not to be such a thing that uh, that we lord it over people. This is a big deal for Jesus. The first will be last, the last will be first. He says this throughout his ministry. His disciples are always vying for the position of first and to be the greatest. They're always arguing about it, and Jesus has to rebuke them all the time. And so Peter, at least in this moment, seems to have taken in that lesson. I'm just a fellow elder among you. And yet he's, he is different. As he says, I'm a witness of the sufferings of Christ. So I was there as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. So, guys, you know, here's what I have to say. As a guy who walked with Jesus, who saw what Jesus did, uh, many of you, most of you that I'm speaking to, probably all of the people he was speaking to, did not have this experience. He did. And so he can, he can give some insight here as to what it means to lead the church well. 
And he says this, verse 2, Shepherd the flock of God that is among you. Now, the word for shepherd, of course, is where we get the word pastor. Uh, that is, they're, they're interchangeable in, in Greek. And, um, <clears throat> and I, I love the word because, of course, I can't help but think about Jesus saying that he's the good shepherd. I can't help but think about uh, Psalm 23, the famous passage where we're talked about as sheep being led by a good shepherd through uh, difficult places and through great places, but the shepherd is always the one who's leading us. And yet, if we really think about what an elder is called to do in the church, um, he's not so much a shepherd because there's only one good shepherd as he is a sheepdog that is called to make sure that the sheep don't get out of line. I mean, you know, when I think about my own role as a pastor now for 11 years, um, I don't want to think about myself in the position as the shepherd. I want to think about myself in the position of an under-shepherd, somebody that's serving under the true good shepherd, Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean I don't have responsibilities. I have a lot of them, but it just gives me, it gives the right perspective that I'm not the one in charge here. Jesus still is the one in charge and I'm accountable to him for these sheep. I'm accountable to him. Ultimately, it's not my church that I serve as a shepherd or an elder. It's not anybody. It's not a pastor's church. Incidentally, um, I'm just going to tell you, this is a, you know, my own, my own issue. Um, it just irks me, and so I'm just going to share it. I don't think it's a good idea to name a ministry after someone's, after your name. Sorry, that's just me. But, I mean, because I think it's world, it's way too easy to see yourself as the star of the show, as the one that, the one piece that's necessary for this ministry to exist. And frankly, that does happen when a ministry is built on the personality of one elder or one shepherd. It, if there's anything, God forbid, that happens to that shepherd, it, the, the sheep scatter uh, because it was so uh, located around this one person. Now, I, I, think, I think we always need to keep in mind that we are called to be under shepherds of the flock of God, like sheepdogs, not the chief shepherd. That's Jesus Christ. And here's what we do. We exercise oversight. We exercise oversight. Now, that doesn't sound very exciting. Uh, the word there, um, some, some manuscripts actually omit that, uh, exercising oversight. And, um, and it could be that, that if this was added later, I mean, we're not certain, but if this had been added later, uh, the only reason it would have been is because um, the, the person who is copying this down thought, oh, I want to make sure that people understand exactly what it is that elders do. Um, I, I think it probably was there for different reasons, but, but it's, it's an obvious thing. An elder is one who's, extra, who's overseeing the flock of God. Okay, fair enough, easy enough. Not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you. Isn't it interesting that uh, even <laughs> in the very zealous days of the early church, there was already a, what appeared to be burned out pastors? Um, <laughs> I find it fascinating that by 60 AD or whenever this letter was written, sometime around there, uh, that Peter already has to say, like, hey, don't do this under compulsion, but willingly. 
Um, don't keep on fighting this fight. It appears to me that there's already burnout pastors because it is indeed true that pastors, um, it, it can be a tough job. It can be a hard thing to do. And certainly pastors can get in seasons where they are doing this because it's just, well, this is what I have to do. This is my job. And, you know, um, and Peter says, no, don't, don't let that, don't let yourself sink into that pastor. Not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. So here's three things that, unfortunately, we still see today. You see, number one, burned out pastors that are doing it under compulsion, not willingly. Peter says, don't do that. Number two, not for shameful gain. Do we see that today? Well, uh, turn on TBN. Actually, don't. Don't turn on TBN. Just don't. Nothing good will happen there. Uh, That's not true. There might be a good thing or two that happens there, but nah. Um... But you see all sorts of dudes looking, you know, to get shameful gain uh, on TV and TV ministries. You know, they sell you their uh, handkerchief with their snot on it that brings healing to, you know, some poor soul or some nonsense. But, I mean, you know, that happens. Uh, You've got those who domineer over those in their charge. And this is, uh, there's plenty of stories of pastors that, you know, behind the scenes with their staff could be really um, berating and and not... uh, friendly and not loving and not caring and not tender at all. Some of you may have had that experience with a real strong leader who, frankly, uh, was just a jerk. Um, and so, you know, that that's Peter saying, no, 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 no. That's not the way to be an elder. It reminds me of what Jesus says to his disciples when he talks about leadership. He says, you know, if you're going to be a leader in my kingdom, you're going to have to be last. You're going to have to learn to suffer on behalf of people less than you. You're going to be the opposite of the Gentile kingdoms. The Gentiles lord it over people. You're not going to do that, folks. You're not going to lead in my church and do that, or else I'm going to make sure that you don't stay in that position for long. And indeed, we do see that throughout church history. We see elders come and elders go, pastors come and pastors go, because they were not being examples to the flock. And yet... Um, you know, Peter's, Peter realizes how difficult this is. So he says, yes, you, this is what you should be doing. But I think at the end in verse 4, he wants to remind them of, here's, here's ultimately why you're doing what you're doing as an elder. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. It, you know, it's real easy. And I... I mean, I just say this from 11 years of experience as a pastor. It can be so easy to get caught up in the day-to-day stuff of life, day-to-day stuff of the church. You want to grow the church. You want to make sure that, um, you know, the people are, um, are hearing the word and are hearing the gospel. And, you, you know, you can be so focused on 100 things. Believe me, there's just there's, there's so many different things. And you pastors who are watching this, you know what I'm talking about. It can be easy to forget. What are we? What is this all about? Well, what this is all about is 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 serving until the chief shepherd appears. When we receive an unfading crown of glory. Now, this is not implying that we get an unfading crown of glory 
based on how good we do in the pastorate, you know, based on how many numbers we have or, you know, how many baptisms we had last year or some, something like that, you know, how's there, how are your offerings doing? Well, here's an unfading crown of glory. No, the unfading crown of glory was won for us at the cross of Jesus Christ. And so Peter is always bringing us back there. Peter is always, even leaders, he's bringing the leaders back to say, don't forget that the foundation of everything you do is based on what you already have coming to you. An unfading crown of glory awaits you. One day, the struggle and the strife and the hardship that you're going through right now will be over. And when it's over, you're going to be handed an amazing crown. You're going to be crowned. And here's the amazing thing. In the book of Revelation, we're told, it's actually the story of 24 elders. 24 elders are crowned with this unfading crown of glory, this eternal crown of glory. And what do they do immediately upon receiving it? They take it off, they bow the knee, and they lay it at the feet of Jesus because they recognize that no matter what they accomplish here on earth, he deserves all the glory no matter what. And the same is true for your pastors, the same is true for me, the same is true for any elder that just may get out of this life serving halfway decently. Anything good they do in the final analysis, when they get to heaven, they're going to say, it's all you, Jesus. Take it. It's all you. I don't deserve a thing. That is motivation for your day. That is motivation for you if you're in ministry. And that is if you're, um, if you're in a congregation and you're looking to your elders, this is what you hope to see. And this is what you, I, I would advise, pray for your elders and for your leaders with these words. Pray that they would be uh, the kinds of leaders that display what Peter is saying in here because we all know how easy it is to go <laughs> the other way. So... All right, that's just a little bit about some leadership. And we, of course, we could go into First Timothy's um, directives about um, ministry leaders, and we could talk about Titus. But this is this is Peter, and Peter makes it pretty simple. We've gone through that. So next week we'll talk um, about how we are to respond to elders. And anyhow, have a great week. God bless.